And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to be like. I don't know if he's going to learn how to talk or if he's going to be able to just be on his own or not. Right. I don't don't know what his... have to wait it out. Thank you for joining the Today I Am Enough podcast. I'm so excited to share Holly Anderson's story with you. Holly has four children. Her oldest was born with a cleft lip, cleft palate. She talks about how hard that was. Then her second child, they discovered, had a gluten problem. He was allergic to gluten, but no doctor had figured it out. Listen to the story of how Holly was able to figure that out. Her last and fourth child is a cute little two-year-old boy who has autism. They aren't sure how severe his autism will be, but he is an amazing little boy and Holly shares her journey being his mother. Hello and welcome to our episode of Today I Am Enough. I am so excited to be here with Holly Anderson and I'm going to have you go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, um, I'm Holly Anderson and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Um, I'm excited to share a little bit of my story with you guys. Um, a little bit about myself. I grew up in Arizona and Northern California, and um, my husband and I met at college, and I served some time um, being a missionary in the Philippines. That was super fun. I got to learn the language and really get to like build houses and and help people there and really learn about the world because I was a little spoiled in California. <laughs> I'm going to admit my dad's a doctor and I had a Mustang in high school. Wow. Like so, brand new? Yeah. That's and awesome. And so it was 97. So, you know, it kind of <laughs> dates me a little bit. But I I remember, you know, being in a third world country, I it really opened my eyes to um, how most of the world lives. And that was good for me. I think that was a good lesson. I grew up a lot during that time in my life. And so after that, then I met my husband and I got a degree in business management with a minor in marketing. And um, I love to write. I'm a big writer. I write middle grade and young adult fantasy. And um, my, my kids, I've got four kids now, my husband and um, they will often ask me, Mom, tell us a story, tell us a story. Like in the middle of the day or we sit down to eat and I'm like, <laughs> finally, finally got the food on the table. We all sit down, tell us a story, tell us a story because they know that I love telling stories <laughs> and they love hearing them. So um, I'm kind of the story mom. And um, so my four kids, I'll tell you a little bit about each of them. Our oldest is a little boy, and he was born with a cleft lip and cleft palate and clubbed feet. Say that three times, guys. <laughs> you can't do it. Um, but he's our little angel, and he uh, it was super hard at first because I was only 24 when I had him, and I just felt really young, and um, I was away from home, away from family, and um, it was very, you know, that was a learning time for me, too. I just kind of went on survival mode, honestly. Yeah. And I went... When I went places, when I took him places, you know, he didn't look like a typical baby. And so when <laughs> other people would see him, they would just have this, like, blank stare. Actually, I, I remember one little nine-year-old girl came and saw the baby, and she honestly threw up because she saw my child. Oh, that's and so sad, like, though. He, and it's not his fault, but he no. was a really hard baby. Yeah. He was really hard. And so, like, the first three months of his life, he had casts on, and we had to drive a four-hour drive 
there a four-hour drive back to the hospital. To the hospital once a week. Wow. And to get new casts, and the oh casts goodness. hurt his feet. They hurt his mm-hmm. legs, and and yeah, I was just a new mother, and I was like, what? I didn't know motherhood was gonna be like this. <laughs> this isn't what I signed up for. No. <laughs> But um, but now he's doing great. You know, fifteen surgeries later, he's eight years old, and um, he likes to read. He reads like a book every three days. Wow, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a lot of fun, and he plays the piano and he does taekwondo. <laughs> that's awesome. And then um, our other son, our second son, is seven, and he when he was about. Um, well, he was about a year old when we really noticed that he was getting really sick. And we took him to several different doctors and to specialists, and we just couldn't figure out why he was sick and what was making him sick. And mm-hmm. I think one of the most frustrating things with with that situation was because, like, some doctors didn't even believe me. They thought that I was overreacting. Making things it's up not or a something. big deal. Like kids throw up, kids have constipation, kids have big bellies. It's fine. He'll grow out of it. And oh, I just hated those words. Yeah, <laughs> he's not gonna grow out of it. I know something's wrong. I mean, yeah. I'm his mom, and I knew. So when he was about three, wow. or it was like two and a half, he was almost three. That's when we just, you know, <laughs> it just came to me in an answer that he couldn't take gluten and I remember like I actually had a dream where someone just told me Holly your son can't have gluten that's what's making him sick and I woke up from the dream and I was like what's gluten and I had to google gluten and like figure out what it was and as soon as we took him off gluten like three months later he was your typical normal kid and he wasn't sick anymore and so that was a that was an interesting experience. <laughs> going, yeah. going through all that. It's just kind of the was unknown. It like before it was so known. I feel like it's more well known now, like it gluten is. intolerances and things like that. Yeah, they're a little bit more well known now now, but maybe not looking for it in one year old, so well and one thing we lived in a small town too. <clears throat> At that time we lived in a little rural Idaho town. Yeah. And so I think if we would have been in the city with the big hospital, they probably would have found it yeah. earlier. Interesting. And stuff. So, so yeah. So there's that. And he's seven. He's doing great. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he is just a really good friend. He actually got an award at, in his first grade class because he um, he is the kind of friend that looks out and is friend to maybe those who are alone. And, like, that was his award. Oh, that's so <laughs> sweet. that he's just a friend with everyone. That's and so great. looks out for people. And so he's very, you know, he's sensitive to people's feelings. And mm-hmm. he's a sweetheart. And then my daughter, who is a lot of fun. She's my only girl. She's five. And she keeps us really busy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she's a lot of fun. It's fun to have a little girl. And then I've got... Um, then I've got my youngest son, who's two years old, and he just barely got diagnosed with autism just a few months ago. And that, like my whole vision of parenting and what parenting supposed to be and what kind of mom I wanted to be just completely changed. Everything just went out the window. <laughs> <laughs> like now I have an autistic child and yeah. um, parenting is very different. And my husband and I have really been on this journey to try and you know, find what 
what parenting techniques work for our kids because there's different personalities, there's different, there's so many things that go into, you know, mm-hmm. um, how you should parent. And so um, one thing that has helped me as we've gone through these trials and things with our kids, we've gone through these experiences with our children is whenever I can find a way to reach out and serve someone else. And so, because I've discovered that about myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've tried to, like, go on YouTube and do um, YouTube, like, trainings where I just teach. And on my YouTube channels, I don't make any money. I don't monetize. I just want to serve. And, I, and that's important for me because I'm a stay-at-home mom where... I take care of my children, especially my autistic son, um, and I need some time for myself where I can feel like I'm an individual and not yeah. just a mom. That's so huge <laughs> as a mom, especially with kids that have challenges and are harder. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important for all of us. Being a mom definitely um, takes a lot of energy, and one thing that I like to always remember is... Um, when I take a break for myself, I want it to be something that gives me more energy and not just this energy drainer. Mm-hmm. Because I'm really tempted to just, you know, binge watch Netflix or something. And not saying that that's a bad thing. Sometimes that's a good thing, especially <laughs> when chocolate's involved. But when that becomes a habit, then it's mm-hmm. not serving me anymore. Right. I'm kind of becoming a servant to it. And, yeah. and so when I think about, you know, what can I do to help me feel like an individual and can help me remind me myself that I have strengths and I can use those strengths not only in my motherhood and being a parent but in other ways to serve other people um and look outside myself that's when that's when I ask myself you know can I do can I use my break as a fun engaging activity where I create something or where I learn something new yeah and I love that perspective that type of thing has really helped me just um, kind of find myself a little bit more. Yeah, I love that. So That's great. To give me more energy. Yeah. <laughs> so one of those ways is through your YouTube channel, right? Yes. Is that what you said? So why don't you tell us a little about that and okay. what you do and what its purpose is and what you like to teach on there. Okay. So um, when my first son was born, I... Because he had a cleft lip and cleft palate, he had several surgeries on his mouth and nose, and I was encouraged by several doctors and specialists to learn some sign language, and I didn't know any ASL at all, American Sign Language, but we got some videos and we started learning, and that was very helpful. We didn't really need it once he was about three years old. He could speak very well. Mm-hmm. We're, um, we were very blessed to be able to get speech therapy when he was 18 months old, and that helped a lot. But I just kind of fell in love with sign language, and so I learned more, and I took some college classes, and um, one of my YouTube channels, um, it's called Primary Choristers, but I teach ASL, American Sign Language, that go with children's songs. And um, on that channel I don't monetize I want it to be a service where I can just think of others and serve others and I do one video where I sing and I do sing a little (laughs) don't expect much (laughs) because we're disappointed but I'll sing a simple song and I'll sign with the song 
and then I'll have a related video well where I will explain all of the signs I do. So wow. it's my explanation video. Right. I'll teach every single sign. I'll tell you the meaning. I'll I'll explain it and do it really slowly so you can see like side view and it's very it's very much um, my YouTube channel is very much made for people who do not sign. Yeah. And that's crazy. so I just take it one step at a time. And I also give you um, like if you're a teacher, if you want to teach kids, you know, little songs and little signs, you can. I also teach you um, ways to simplify the ASL and to make it more fluent. So you can decide okay. the per, you know, whatever purpose it, it is. If you want a fluent ASL sentence, mm -hmm. then I'll give you that, and I'll also give you a simple way, you know, because three-year-olds right. barely speak English. So here you right. are, you know, teaching them a whole other language. Right. And so they can just do a couple little signs with their songs. So I give you that, um, just that option. With all four of my kids, their personalities are all so different. And one thing that's really helped my husband and me um, learn how to be the kind of parent that they need is by reading lots of books, we've gone to conferences, we've traveled to seminars, and um, we've even done one-on-one -on -one counseling to try and be the best parents for each of our individual children. One, um, if I were to recommend some books, my first book I would recommend is The Five Love, Love Languages. That one helps not only with, you know, your um, person who you love, of course, your person you're married to or girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever but it helps so much understand like your kids mm -hmm. because each of my children have a different way they feel loved yeah and i love on their website you can even have your kids take a test yeah the test is, is awesome. free mm -hmm. yeah and even now that so the people who've made who wrote that book mm -hmm. like you know that their heart is in it because you can actually download the ebook for free now. Oh, really? Yeah. That's awesome. And I know that he's written other books that are specifically for teens, specifically mm -hmm. for kids. Yeah. Um, but the original book, you can you can completely download the entire book. That's so awesome. For I didn't free. Know that. So yeah, cool. I just went I'll on make there sure to find like, a link for that and link up so that people can find it. Yeah, it's a good one. And I mean, even if you wanted to buy the book, I think it's five dollars. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely a good investment. Yeah. Um yeah, my children are so different and I want them to feel loved. I wanna, you know, build the relationship with them. And a lot of times the way I feel loved is not the way they feel loved. My husband okay. is all about service. And so when he serves me, you know, and he serves the kids, when, you know, he thinks, oh, you guys should feel loved, you know, of course, but none of us are <laughs> service. <laughs> and so, but he knows that. He's really good at it. He's really good at, you know, pinpointing, okay, our daughter is definitely gifts and she really likes kind words and especially talking one-on-one. -on -one, she likes that one-on-one -on -one, um, time mm -hmm. and our other, one of our children is definitely physical touch. Like he wants to be cuddled, he wants to be held, he wants you to to give him a high five and a pat on the back. And yeah. And um, then one of our oldest, you just sit there and listen to him, and he will talk forever about his books and his Legos. <laughs> um, he'll talk your ear off literally for hours. If you let him. <laughs> Um, but he, he, that's, that's, a, he, that's what he wants from you and that's how he feels loved. And so I, I really would recommend that one. And then also the child whisperer mm -hmm. and the child whisperer, 
kind of, she just separates different personalities and she calls them energy types, but they're pretty much personalities. And then she explains a very healthy way of what those personalities need to have better behavior. Hmm, and cool. just, and she has very specific examples. And I could tell a story like with each one of my children, how that book helps all four of them. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so it was really good to kind of recognize a behavior that you don't want mm-hmm. and find out what really is motivating that behavior and yeah. how that, what need is not being met hmm. instead of just punishing them, even though sometimes, right. you know, they do need to know where the line is. You need right. to draw the line <laughs> as a parent, but um, it's better to make it so that they don't need the punishment. Right. Um, so my husband and I have created um a website where um, we're building a YouTube channel as well with the videos and we have an online presence on Facebook. It's called investinyourchild.com. So you can go on Invest in Your Child on YouTube or Facebook or on the website. And what we what we offer is we have created a Invest in Your Child framework and it's completely original. My husband and I sat down and we really put together this framework to help serve parents um, that are really busy, that just don't have time to, you know, go to conferences. And so with what we've learned and with what books we've read, we created a framework that that will help parents and um, it's not overwhelming. I think that's one of the reasons people, are, parents, like, don't get into like start reading books or start taking parenting classes mm-hmm. because it's like, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Most parents don't have time for that. And so we wanted to make some little videos. They're really short, like five minutes long and they're fun. A lot of, um, a lot of the videos our kids are in. And so you get their point of view from yeah. the way we, <laughs> the way we parent. And then you get my, my point of view. So I'll explain a certain challenge, a certain like way of parenting, a little tip or hack, and then you'll also get a dad's point of view. And so you'll get all three. You'll get the, it'll be the whole family. Do you ever worry about what your kids are going to say? Well, <laughs> yes. Did you practice before? <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing is we do go live every night at 9 p.m. Mount Center time on mm-hmm. our Facebook, Invest okay. in Your Child Facebook. And so I do kind of worry about the things that come out of their mouth <laughs> because it's live. Yeah. Um, but the training videos on the website, thankfully, are not live. So <laughs> we're able to kind of – but we, we've we actually left in there, like, times when they pick their nose on, on videotape <laughs> just, just to kind of let you know that we're just this real family that's still learning. Yeah. You know? So That's good, though. <laughs> so if you go to investinyourchild.com, you, all you have to do is put your name and email in, and then you'll get – it'll sign you up for a nine-week challenge. And don't be overwhelmed by the name nine-week challenge because (laughs) it's actually really simple. We just email you one little email once a week for nine weeks. And in that email, you'll get a little video so you can listen to it, like while you're folding laundry, doing dishes or whatever, or on on the road. Um, You can listen to the video or watch it, and it'll show you, teach you one little... Um, challenge that you can work on during the week with your kids. That's awesome. And so you'll just get, you know, once a week for nine yeah. weeks. And then once you finish the nine-week challenge, then you'll be officially an invested parent. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and so we've got, like, freebies that, like, give you and stuff. And we've got little cute manifestos. We've got things that you can download and put on your on your phone, like, as a backdrop to help you remember the, awesome. the framework that we've created. 
And so we just, that's another kind of way for us to just serve as well and look outside ourselves. And you can do that as a family. Teaching your kids that is huge, I think. Like being able to teach kids how to serve and help others. I don't know. That's fun. It's just through videos. Yeah, and they they love being on camera. I don't know (laughs) what they're going to think about it when they're older, but they're hilarious. I know that, you know. I'm, I'm their mom, so of course I think they're the best, but <laughs> I am biased. I think every mom should be biased, right? Yeah. Like, they should think that their, par- that their child is the best. Like, yes. Is the cutest, is the smartest, whatever. Yes. Put it in there. Absolutely, because that's how you encourage them, right? <laughs> yeah, you're their biggest fan. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, so you have another, is, is it a full website? I know it's, there's, you're on Facebook with your... Autistic son. Autistic son, yes. yes. And so, so that... Tell us about that, too. That you is, are so busy. <laughs> I, you do all these amazing things. I love how you're just trying to help other people, too. It's it's all get about... life. Sharing your story and not being afraid to be vulnerable, I think, is important. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, um, yes, so we have... Um, I have an Autism Mom Facebook page. It's called Raw and Real Autism Mom. And I go live about once a week. Sometimes I'll take a break, like Christmas. I think we skip three weeks in December because December is crazy. Yes. But um, we go about once, go live once a week, and I share our story with um, about our son who's who has autism. He's only two years old, and so before we started therapy, before we got him diagnosed, he did not communicate. He did not babble. He did not talk. He did not look at you. He really didn't... I felt he didn't even notice or care about people at all. It was all objects. And mm. I remember thinking, oh, he was a really good baby. It's because he never needed me. He needed to be fed. He needed to be warm. He needed his diaper changed. And then it was, okay, let go of me. Mm-hmm. You know, leave me alone. Yeah. And it was that was kind of heartbreaking as a mom to experience yeah. that. But as we've done um, therapy with him, he does about 40 hours a week of therapy. Wow. Between um, occupational, physical, speech, and ABA. And ABA therapy is um, is kind of new. I think it's it's fairly new. It depends on what state you, you live in. <laughs> but um, it's, it's, it's fairly new, about five years old. And, um, but it's specifically for autistic children. And, you know, some autistic kids really do great, and it really helps them. Some, it doesn't do anything for them. And so we we just thought we'd give it a go and try it, but it mm-hmm. re- the therapy has really helped him. Um, he can point to what he wants. He can say num-num for food, which is like a miracle in my eyes, honestly, because yeah. we didn't, I mean, we don't know what he's capable of. And I think right. that's kind of heartbreaking, too, because it's the unknown. Yeah. I wish that someone could just tell me, okay, this is what to expect with your autistic son, mm-hmm. but no one can tell me that. Right. <laughs> Even though people yeah. ask me all the time, like, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what he's going to be like. I don't know yeah. if he's going to learn how to talk or if he's going to be able to just be on his own or not. Right. I don't, I don't know what, have his, to wait it out for what his strengths are or will be, but um, he's just so cute. And even though he is nonverbal right now, he is such an important part of our family. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, our family just would not be complete without him. 
so I I share on my Facebook page, Ron Real Autism Mom. I share a story. I share the, the hard times, the fun times. I just want to share everything so that to serve anyone and everyone in case there are other parents out there, which I know there are, <laughs> who, you know, are dealing with similar things, that they can know that they're not alone, that they can connect with someone. And I also want to share it too because there are a lot of people who might not know much about autism. I remember, now I have an, an um, I have a nephew and I have a cousin with autism. And I still didn't know much about autism. Mm-hmm. I, um, I thought I did. <laughs> but I remember when people would tell me that, you know, they had a child with autism, I kind of didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you say? What's the right thing? I definitely didn't want to offend them. I wanted to just say the right thing. And so I wanted to give a little advice about what you should and what you shouldn't say. Good. <laughs> I saw this on your Facebook page, and I was hoping you'd share it. Yeah, I I did cover this because I had a lot of people um, message me about this. I um, So I'm a part of four, actually five now, five different autism parent like um, support groups mm-hmm. on Facebook. And they're really, they're really helpful. They're really positive. And I've learned a lot from, you know, the people that are willing to be vulnerable and share their stories and give advice on these support groups. Well, on these Facebook pages, I asked the question, what should people, like, what do you want (laughs) them not to say? You know, what should people not say? And then also ask the question, what should people say? Yeah. And so I got literally hundreds of people, of, of parents with special needs children, just ranting <laughs> about all the things that rude people have said to them. Yeah. And so it was really good to get their point of views because some of them honestly differ from mine. So Interesting. if if I ran into a stranger and they and I introduced my son and maybe explained to them, yes, he he has autism, he has ASD, he's on the spectrum, however you want to say it. Right. They <laughs> I really try not to get offended. Because I've been there, you know? Like, yeah. what do you say? Right. And so a lot of times when I say that, I don't let them talk. This is what I do. And I would honestly recommend this for any parent with a child with special needs is you introduce your child. If you feel like you need to say maybe, you know, what they're diagnosed with or something, you can say that. And then don't don't just stop and wait. <laughs> like, just keep on going and tell the the person you're talking to, about the wonderful strengths that your child has. And usually that will help the situation. That will put the other person at ease. You can, they can, they kind of, it gives them a little um, leeway like to think, some time to think about, oh, that person is a special needs child. I don't know what to say. And then they can talk about the positives about your child because mm-hmm. you love your child. You know what their strengths are. You know what's fun about them. And what makes them happy. And you can talk about, you know what to talk about. That's right. not awkward. Right. <laughs> and so I would recommend that. But for for kids or for parents, you know, who, people who don't know what to say. Um, one thing that I would do is um, I wouldn't try to feel like you have to give them advice. Sometimes we, that, we feel like we just want to help. We see mm-hmm. someone maybe that... You feel like maybe they're needy and they need to help. They need help and maybe I need to help them. But don't feel that way. Because most parents (laughs) 
have gotten lots of advice. They they yeah. know a lot about their child, and mm-hmm. they've done. They they don't need advice from someone, especially when if you don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> you know, because that happens a lot. You go, oh yeah, I I read most of an article on the internet about someone with autism, and you should do this. Or I have an you know a cousin's dog's brother's neighbors, and you know they do this, and you need to do that. Don't feel like you have to give them advice or help them even. Yeah. You can just be a listening ear and talk about something positive. Mm-hmm. When I had my first baby, this happened a lot. Everywhere I went, people would look at my baby and then they would like kind of go, they'd be very surprised. And if you can imagine, I mean, just go on YouTube or just go and Google what a baby looks like with a cleft lip and cleft palate and yeah. their whole entire mouth is open, their nose is open. It, um, it's kind of shocking if you've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and with my baby, because he was in the middle of lots of surgeries, when he was three months old, he had tape and metal and plastic all over his face because we were stretching his lip over, and it's called a NAM, N-A-M, that he was actually a retainer in the top of his mouth to cover his cleft, and which is the hole in his mouth. And it stuck out. And so it looked like he was kind of this vampire baby because it had, <laughs> he had like these little, this little retainer that stuck out. And, and, and there were rubber bands too. There were rubber bands oh, wow. that connected that would stretch his lip. And it's really an amazing contraption because by the time he had his lip surgery, they didn't have to stretch anything. It was already in place yeah. exactly where it was supposed to be. So that wow. really helped That's with, scar- with scarring and stuff. I know it was, it was really good. But um, the hard part for me was um, everyone's reaction. And yeah. so people would, they wouldn't know what to say. They would, some people were rude. Like, what happened to your baby? How can a baby look like that? And, like, blame me. Wow. Um, even just having his little cast, people, and it just hurt because I know that I'm trying to do everything I can to help my child. Mm-hmm. And they don't know me. And I just had to remind myself, they're not trying to be mean. They don't know me. Because yeah. I know that if they knew me, if they knew what I've been through, they would not be that mean. Right. They wouldn't. Yeah. And so there was just the reaction. People people have said really rude things about his little cast. Like, how, how can a newborn baby break his legs? And I'm like, um, <laughs> well, let me tell you, they're not broken. You know, but yeah. um, so definitely don't do that. <laughs> I know probably anyone watching or listening to this would never see me things like that. But feel free to always just comment on the positive. I had many people who would look at him, my first child, and be kind of surprised. And then they would say how long his eyelashes were. That was like the go-to. Because his eyelashes were crazy long. <laughs> and they were just gorgeous, honestly. Yeah. Um, and so they'd be like, what beautiful eyelashes. And I knew that that person was really trying to say something nice. And I appreciated that. Yeah. I could tell that. They were trying to find something positive. So that would be my first advice was just say something positive. And when you're saying, let's say there's a little girl that's autistic and you want to say something positive about her because the mom just said, my little girl's autistic. Don't say the word but right before you say. Mm-hmm. Because that's very easy to say, oh, you're, she's autistic, but she's so pretty. Please don't say the word but. Just say she's so pretty don't say the word but. Yeah. Because we, we tend to do that and 
that was one of the number one things on these websites, on these Facebook pages, is that parents were saying, they always say, but this, but that. And then a lot of um, the questions that people would ask would be very inappropriate. Hmm. And my advice with that is just to... um, just to know and recognize that you're not entitled to know their story. That's just true. let them share. And if they don't want to share, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, a lot of times when I take, when I took my first baby out and when I take my, my two-year-old out, people f- are very interested in our story and they want to, they want to hear details. But if, if I have to tell my story to like five strangers that day, like what, that's not nice. Like, <laughs> like, don't make every parent, special needs parent, make yeah. you tell them their story. It seems like it would get wearing. Yeah. Like, to some degree. And then you're, like, just trying to go about your day. Like, <laughs> And remember <laughs> that the, the child end. is listening. Yeah. And the child hears that. And there's a lot more to that child than just what meets the eye. Mm-hmm. And so, and I would even go with, you know, if, take a step further, I have a friend who um, has adopted a little boy. Mm-hmm. And he's a different race. Mm-hmm. And whenever she takes all of her children out, though, that are all her children, yeah, <laughs> everyone is so interested. And they come and they stop her and they say, well, which one's really yours? You know, I mean, really. And they just say rude things. And, yeah. and he hears it. He hears it wherever he goes. And really, you can think about how, how hurtful that is for him. Yeah. Because he is their real child. Right. Even though he might have a different color skin. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so in that situation, yeah, just say how cute all of her children are. Right. Because every mom and dad thinks that their child's cute. Yeah. And my little boy, when when he was first born, the one with the cleft lip and cleft palate, he was the cutest baby ever. The cutest baby ever. It was. Yeah. And so in my eyes, he was just adopted. And he had just the biggest smile. Mm-hmm. And I remember another mother of a cleft lip baby told me the angels just gave him too many kisses or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know about that. But I was, but I just imagined, yeah, he just has such a big smile. And <laughs> he still does have a big smile. It's great. I love that. So what advice would you give parents overall that have babies or kids or toddlers with disabilities or struggles, maybe even um, how to help siblings that don't have those same struggles, you know? Like, how have you been able to help your older kids with your two-year-old and things like that? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I have a few pieces of advice. With, with multiple children, just treat every child individual and yet the same (laughs) because they have different needs from you of course yeah but we every child is special every single child is special and so I don't treat my autistic child any more special he might need more of my time right now but we you know he's a part of our family just like every one of my children and so we really try to um keep the same rules for all of the children and as much as we can mm-hmm. and um we try not to baby you know one mm-hmm. child just because they have had more surgeries or you know <laughs> we, we really try to keep it um equal in their eyes so so that they know that you know everyone is special and yeah. everyone you know we need certain things 
did different things for our parents, but we're all, we all have the same worth. Mm-hmm. And so as, um, but as a parent of a special needs child, if you're just starting out, I remember when I had my oldest son and I remember feeling very depressed and I got good at acting like I was perfectly fine. People would actually compliment me and say, oh, you're handling this with such grace. And I would go home and in the middle of the night I would wake up and go and just cry in my closet. And because I wasn't handling it with grace, I was just really good at smiling and knowing what to say, even though it was really hard. And just know that it does get better. It really does. And no matter what the special needs thing is, like, special needs, there are so many, you know. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Special needs for children, um, especially different types of needs on the spectrum. The spectrum is a very wide and big spectrum but it does get better once you get a diagnosis once you get people on your team that can help you I would just say focus on building your team and just know and have faith that those dark days are going to get better you're going to have days where you will just laugh at you know fun things that your special needs child does and you'll you'll have days where you will appreciate the things that you've learned because of those experiences Mm -hmm. and the dark days might be many and they might last for a long time yeah I remember when I had I remember when I I was actually in the hospital and I just barely had my child my first baby and I knew that he was going to be born with a cleft lip and cleft palate because thankfully the Mm -hmm. um the lady had seen that in the ultrasound and that was a great blessing because we were able to get doctors and I was able to talk to people who've been through that and kind of I even prepared myself you know emotionally and in lots of ways we picked out all five of his doctors that he needed and I really felt prepared but when when I was holding him for the first time I remember having feelings that I you know feel guilty about like I just this is what happens when I have a baby. Like, he has all these problems. And it was very easy to feel bitter. I was even bitter about people who had nothing to do with me or my baby. I was, like, just finding people to be bitter to and Mm -hmm. about and just think negative thoughts. But, But those days didn't last. They got better. And so that's the advice that I would have, you know, for any um, parents who are, you know, have kids with diabetes. Maybe you just found out. Maybe... You just got a diagnosis or maybe you're just realizing maybe my child's on the spectrum. I would honestly just urge you to get a diagnosis, even though it's hard to get that label. And maybe you don't have to tell everyone. I mean, that's a totally, that's a family decision. Yeah. But once you get that diagnosis, it's like you're free. You're free to build your support group and you're not alone anymore. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that would be my advice to parents with special needs kids maybe you're just first starting out just find those doctors and if there's a therapist you don't like fire them (laughs) and get one that you like because there's a ton of them out there right (laughs) there are plenty of doctors or just like lawyers find one that you like (laughs) so many resources now too i think yeah yeah especially for autism there's so much more now than there used to be and think it's really important like you said to just have that support system and find those people that can just love you and your child and 
accept whatever's going on, no matter how happy or sad you are that day. Both of you, right? <laughs> yeah, and you'll have good days and bad days. Like today, we took our son Ezra, who has autism. We took him to speech therapy today, and he usually does really well with speech. And he didn't. He wouldn't say one thing for the whole hour. And I just ended up talking to her. <laughs> We're like, okay, he's oh, well. just not having a good day today. Yeah, and that's how it is sometimes. He's just tired and, and being a two-year-old. And so we just let him play with, I don't know, it was an expensive play date, I guess. <laughs> <clears throat> but it was two weeks ago when he went, he said several sounds. You that's know, awesome. she gave him a little toy and said, the cow goes moo. And then he picked up the little cow and went, did the end sound. That's awesome. And then right after that, he handed her a little, a little sheep. It's like a little people, sheep, little mm-hmm. people. And he picked it up and went bah. And then he did the neigh sound for the horse. That's and awesome. And those might seem simple, but those are just like huge. huge. Yeah. They're huge. Yeah. That he can do that when he's two. Mm-hmm. And he went from not communicating, communicating at all in any way to sing certain sounds in just four months. Yeah, that's amazing. And so That's awesome. It's good to have, you know, celebrate those little tiny things. Yeah. So my husband and I have a little um, tradition, mm-hmm. and you can copy this if you want or, you know, tailor it to your needs, your, your wants. But we have, like, little treats in our house, and we also have a bunch of little sparkling cider bottles. And like those glass ones, you know, yeah, like it those. looks like wine or whatever, There's... but it's just sparkling cider. Yeah. And so we can share with the kids if we want, but sometimes we don't. <laughs> and what we do is when there is a reason to celebrate, we take it out and we're like, why are we celebrating? And we talk, it's just a positive thing. That's fun. We find a reason to celebrate. That's so fun. I love that idea. So celebrate good. everybody and anybody and whatever. Yeah. Something that happens that's positive. Like, let's celebrate that. Okay. Yeah. It's what a fun to take idea. Take out a treat or take out a sparkling cider bottle. I love that. Okay. So, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and all the things you're creating. This has been really fun. I'm glad I love to get it. to know you. Uh, so, why don't you tell us where people can find you one more time? And I'll also make sure to link all those on your post that I do on my website. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. So I've got Raw and Real Autism Mom, and that's where I go live every week with my son, almost every week. (laughs) And that's on Facebook. (laughs) Yes, that's on Facebook. And then I also have um, where I teach sign language with children's songs on YouTube and on our membership website, and that's called Primary Coursters. So it's Primary Coursters on YouTube and then PrimaryCoursters.com. That's fun. And the membership website is completely free, you know, to, to get on. It's just put your name and email in, and then you've got an account, and you can come in, and you can um, – it's better quality videos, too, compared to YouTube, and they're easier to search <laughs> than YouTube. Um, so I've got that as well. And then Invest in Your Child is definitely um, – it has been a really amazing project that we've done as a family. My husband and I have um, worked really, really hard. We had 27 videos, and they're all just from our heart. <laughs> and we're just sharing simple ways where you can learn how to invest in your child. And every time you sit down and read a story with your child, you invest in them. Mm-hmm. Every time you help them with spelling words or, you know, teach them how to drive. or <laughs> <laughs> Every time you are patient with them and you invest yourself in them 
And so we teach different ways um, how to invest in your child there. And so that is called investinyourchild.com. And you can sign up with your name and email and you can sign up for the nine-week challenge with that as well. We also have some of our training videos um, on our YouTube channel that is coming up. And we should be posting that YouTube channel just like <laughs> next week. And Yay. that that will be invested in your child as well. Okay. So Perfect. And I'll link to oh, all of that. And then we have Invest in Your Child on Facebook as well, where we <laughs> go live every night for nine weeks. We just, Right now we're in our second week. Um, but we're going live at 9 o'clock at night, Mount Standard Time, with our family. And we teach a little part of the challenge that week. That's so fun. So it's fun. Some, sometimes it's just me and my husband. Sometimes we invite, involve all the kids. And it's live, so you never know what you're going to get with them. <laughs> but it's it's fun. And we want the videos to be, you know, fun and entertaining and easy to watch, easy to listen to. Mm-hmm. And shorten to the point, but we also want them to be beneficial. We want to have something in there that you can really get and you can learn from, and that will be high quality and you know something that you can really change, like challenge you to be better in mm-hmm. some way. For it has to do with parenting, investing in your child. So become an invested parent. Start the nine week challenge. It's a lot of fun. That's awesome. I'm excited to look more into it. I looked into it a little bit this week. But I'm excited to go check it out more. All these websites. You're so, I love it. I love all the things you're doing. So thank you so much for being here. For listening to this episode of Today I Am Enough with Holly Anderson. I hope that you'll take a few minutes to check out our show notes or head over to todayiamenough.com. I have all the links of all the different websites that Holly talks about that her and her husband are creating to help you be a part of a community that can be hard to find. They have amazing resources and are doing incredible things. So make sure to check those out. Make sure you are subscribed to the Today I Am Enough podcast through the app so that you never miss an episode and that you can be encouraged by the stories that are shared. Also, I hope that you'll follow us on social media. On Instagram and Facebook, you can find us at Today I Am Enough. And I hope that you have a wonderful day, and especially that you know and can remember throughout the day that you are enough.